This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode number 157 of the Love Life Connection podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and I am so excited to be in your earbuds this week with a really amazing coaching session and I cannot wait for you to listen to it. If you have been on the personal growth or self-help journey for any amount of time, I'm sure you can relate to this. And that is, okay, you're building some awareness around why you might be attracting the type of partners and relationships you are. You know, it has something to do with mom or dad or this or that, but you can't seem to change it. You have the awareness, but nothing is changing on who you're attracting. Maybe you even see the red flags, but you're not able to stop yourself from going out with a person or, you know, doing the thing. And here's where I think a lot of times people get tripped up. So first of all, I did an episode a little while back. It's episode 110. I'll put the link in the show notes. And I talk about the five phases of personal growth. And I don't want to just write off awareness, like awareness isn't enough. You didn't do all the work. You know, I don't want to make you feel bad or anything like that because awareness is important. And actually in this episode, I said it's the first step, but it's really not the first step. The first step is just understanding that there are things out there that you don't know. That's important to recognize. Otherwise, you're not going to be coachable or in an expansive state of mind. So that's the really, that's really, really the first step. And then it's awareness. And awareness is huge. And it's really hard because a lot of people don't take that very first step of admitting that there are things that, that they don't know. 
Or, um, you know, a lot of times we just want to hide from that. We don't want to know these things because that could be painful or uncomfortable. And you've gone through that and now you have the awareness and maybe, yeah, of course, there's always going to be more layers to peel back and there's always more dots to connect. And that's just a lifelong process. But overall, you have some pretty solid awareness as to why you might be attracting a type of person or type of relationship. And that's huge. And, and I want you to honor yourself and give yourself you know, congratulations for that, because a lot of people don't even make it that far. But of course, well, I should say sometimes that can be enough, right? Sometimes awareness is enough to shift the pattern. Oh, I'm doing that. Okay, cool. I'm going to do this instead. But a lot of times when it comes to really deep core wounds, like our corest of core wounds, awareness usually isn't enough. And that's because the beliefs and the way we see the world that came about from that core wound are so deeply ingrained that awareness is just simply not enough to change what the subconscious mind is doing in the background. And it's my personal belief that the best way to move into integration and implementation is inner child work. Because at the end of the day, your inner child is who is calling the shots. She is the one that is creating your unconscious actions and the things that you do without even and even realizing it. And the reason for that is, and I talk about this a little in the episode, is basically because the brain wants to operate in autopilot as much as it possibly can. And so it's just going to, you know, operate on, you know, deep beliefs like brushing our teeth. Brushing our teeth is good to do. And so at a very young age, our parents probably pestered you about brushing your teeth every single night and it felt like a chore and you hated doing it and you probably fought it. But then after a while, it's just like, yeah, I need to brush my teeth. Otherwise my teeth are going to fall out of my head and I'm going to have bad breath. Right. And it just becomes a very, very deeply ingrained belief. And there's other things that happen in our lives that can also create those deeply ingrained beliefs. And the trick is now we have to go back to that time and and shift what those core beliefs that you've created are so that then your actions can begin to change. And it's my belief that that is the best way to integrate and implement. Now, depending on the person, the situation, there's lots of other things that you can do. And I bring this in with Gina a little bit, and you'll hear me talk about that based on where she's feeling this pain in her body. And you'll see what I mean when you when you hear us talk about that. Um, but you know, the thing that is similar across the board, no matter who you are, no matter what your situation is, no matter what your dating pattern is, no matter what your relationship status is, whatever it is, the thing that is true across the board is that inner child work is the best way to actually integrate and implement the changes that you want to see so that you actually can, you know, attract someone new, attract a different kind of partner, or easily let go of the person that you know isn't going to be the right fit for you. And here's the thing, inner child work is not easy. It's not complex. I, I don't want to make it sound like it's rocket science, but it's it's sometimes it's not easy just because it can bring up some stuff. And sometimes it brings up stuff and we don't know what to do. And so if you're looking for a resource to help you break up with your crappy dating patterns and really dig into some of this inner child work, I hope you'll join us in the Love Action Tribe. The um, enrollment is only open this week and I only open it a few times a year. So it's not just something you can come in as you know anytime you want. 
So now is a great time to to join us and to try us out. You know, it's a space for growth-oriented women who want to tra- stay true to themselves in all phases of love. And what the cool thing is, is as soon as you join the Love Action Tribe, you'll take two different assessments. One is the Should I Be Dating quiz, and the other is my Love Phase assessment. So you can see exactly where you are in love. And based on those two assessments, you'll get a step-by-step action plan that you can begin to implement right away that's catered to where you are in your life and what your goals are. And then of course, as you go through the mini lessons and the challenges and everything like that to help you implement, integrate into your life, you'll have me and a global community of incredible women to support you in our private Facebook group, our Q&A calls and all that kind of stuff. So like I said, enrollment is only open this week and it's only $35 a month to be a part of the tribe. And if it's not the right fit or if you got what you needed, whatever it is, you can cancel any time, no questions, no strings attached or anything like that. And to learn more and to join us, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash tribe and make sure you're listening. If you're listening to this right around the time this podcast episode was released, make sure you head over to that page right away because enrollment is only open this week. And if you missed out, then you'll get to the waitlist page, which is totally fine. Just drop your name and email there so that you'll be the first to know the next time the enrollment opens. All right. Without further ado, let's get to my coaching conversation with Gina. Hi, Gina. Welcome to the show. How can I help you today? Hi. Thanks so much. Um, I have been single for almost 10 years now. I'm divorced. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that one of my problems in finding and keeping um, a partner is I don't get out of things fast enough when I'm in a bad situation or I'm with someone who isn't right for me. I find myself making excuses for them and and thinking things are going to get better. Um, Mm. And I really just wish that I could find some kind of bright line rule as to when it's the right time to bail on someone. Um, I'm getting better at it, but I could use some improvement. Yeah. Yeah. And do you find that this pattern exists just in relationships or does it also exist with career or the cities you live in? Well, I've, I've lived in Washington DC or right outside it my whole life. So I guess Mm -hmm. you could say it has, (laughs) you know, I've never left. Um, Well, I mean, that could just be a choice because just because you haven't moved doesn't mean that that's also a pattern. Um, But if there's been a desire to move, that would be different. Well, I can't right now because of I have kids in high mm-hmm. school, so um, I have to stay here. But right. yes, it, my job too. I, I have a good career, um, but I've been at my job for 13 years, and I've known that like I sh- probably should have left this particular job a few years ago, and it's taken me a while to do it. Okay. Now I'm, I, I am in the process of hopefully finding something else, but yeah, I probably do stay too long at things. <laughs> okay. Okay. Got it. So let's talk about this in the context of relationships and know that this probably also applies elsewhere. And probably what we talk about today, even if we don't explicitly talk about your career, will probably also apply. So we'll just go with okay. that. Does that sound good? Yes. Okay. Um, so what is the story that you tell yourself, you know, thinking back, in past relationships or flings or situationships, whatever they are, what's the story you tell yourself about leaving a particular person or a partner? 
One of them, which I, I think is common, but I will, I'll let you elaborate on that, is that this per- I really like this person. I think they're great. Maybe they aren't as committed as I would like or whatever, but I feel like if I end it with them, then they're going to, the next person they date, they're going to love and they're going to give them everything that they didn't give me. And I know that they're capable of it, but for some reason they're not doing it with me. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one of the main stories. Okay. Okay. Any other stories? Um, also, I, I, I'm only in these relationships with men that I actually really like. I'm attracted to, that's a big factor for me, like physical attraction. And I like in many ways, but you know, I, I think to myself, nothing's perfect. Nobody's perfect. But when it comes, you know, I, I'm probably overlooking some of the things that are, I'm not giving importance to the things that are actually truly important in a partner. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So clearly then there's something, there's like some sort of thread that still you're still attached to when it comes to these partnerships and these relationships that are not allowing you to let go. And usually what that boils down to is that you believe that they or the relationship might not be the person themselves, but the relationship could be either or either or um, is giving you something that you believe you can't give yourself. Does Mm -hmm. that, that resonate? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. What do you think that they might be giving you? Well, I, I mean, companionship, um, someone to do things with, someone to laugh with, um, have a connection with, um, right. you know, physical intimacy, uh, and just, I don't know, some, someone to tell my stories to and, and someone to listen to me about the things that go on in my life. Right. Those are all, all factors. Okay. Okay. I'm going to push you a little bit because I think it goes a little bit deeper than that. that <laughs> right. Cause like, yeah, those things are nice. And also we're, we're humans. So we're social creatures. And so those are going to be things that we naturally desire, mm-hmm. but we don't necessarily need to get from a romantic partner. Right. When it comes yeah. to like, connecting with people or going out and do, doing things with people, it doesn't have to be your romantic partner. So there's wow. something else that's connecting you to these people that's making it hard to let go. Because if there was no other payoff for you to hold on to these relationships, like you wouldn't do it, right? If there is literally zero payoff for you, then you would just kick them to the curb and just be like, we're done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's so there's obviously something. Um Okay, so I want you to take a moment and close your eyes. And are you in a particular situation like this right now? Or can you, is there a recent situation where you're in something like this? Yes, to both. Okay. <laughs> I, I just broke up um, a couple of weeks ago with a guy that I had been seeing for about five months. And even though we were exclusive by his request, very quickly in the relationship, not to see other people. I, I never felt like he made me part of his life. And, and ultimately I, I thought he was hiding something from me and um, not being completely honest with me. So I ended things with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lately, like the past 
few days, I, I met someone else um, online and I've been seeing him. And, you know, well, we only saw each other once, but we've been talking, but he, he's kind of shady in a way. And he asked me like kind of personal questions, which I think aren't really appropriate for someone that I just went out with once. Um, and we're going out on Valentine's day, but I'm kind of torn, like whether I should even do that because I like him other than this one factor. Okay. Well, that's a pretty big factor though, right? Yes. (laughs) okay okay got it so okay so think about these two situations and close your eyes think about these two situations and and what I really want you to do is zero in on how these relationships make you feel like when you're thinking about like oh I don't know I should let this person go you know when you're in that space whatever that conversation with yourself is and let me know when you can feel that in your body It's a very familiar feeling and it's, okay. it's kind of like not quite a pain, but I feel it like in probably like my upper stomach area and it's like um, kind of an anxiety, I would say. Okay. So like your upper stomach, like kind of by your lower ribs, like where they meet together? Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay perfect. All right. So tell me when you, you said it was familiar. So tell me when else have you felt that before? What other times in your life? What does it remind you of? What does it make you think of? I, I think the main connection is in past romantic situations because this is a pattern of, that I've had in probably 90% of my relationships. Okay. Like since I was a kid. Okay. Okay. So yeah, let's go even beyond the relationships because this isn't just like who you are, Right. This isn't just, you weren't born this way of like someone who wants to cling on to relationships. No. Things happen in your life. So think about like, okay, you said you when you were a kid. So what happened or when have you felt that feeling in your upper stomach before? And it may not have anything to do with relationships or romantic relationships at least. Well... I've been in therapy for years, so I I do know that I've had a poor relationship with my mother. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't associate that feeling with her, but I'm sure that it's stemming somewhere from that. Okay, so what do you know about that? Like if I were to, you know, in terms of connecting the dots, like what do you already know? Well, my mother had me when she was young, um, 22, which at the time, you know, was more common. Now it's very young, but, Mm -hmm. but I think she just didn't, she kind of felt like I wasn't planned. And I I think she just felt like I took away her fun, you know, like she had a kid and then she had two more kids in rapid succession. So, um, I think she was just like resentful towards me Mm -hmm. and not really, wanting to be a mom and we've never been close. We still aren't to this day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And can you remember a time where you really felt that as a kid? I actually can remember, um, very well, mm-hmm. <laughs> sadly, many times when I felt like that. <laughs> and what did it feel like? What did you tell yourself? I was mad. I just remember 
being mad and like thinking, why is she like this? Like hoping that she would change just this one thing about her, but she never did. Okay. And so, yeah, I mean, that is a similar thing. Like these guys, I, I definitely think, why can't I, they just change this one thing. And you know, that thing has to do with me, just like with my mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> this is, this is really common, you know, to, uh, to, you know, have something, I mean, there's different ways that the things that happen in childhood can be played out. Like sometimes we're trying to do the opposite, right? And we, and we might go overboard on the opposite of, you know, whatever the situation might be. But, but for you, you spent your life thinking, I wish she could just change this one thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, yes. And, and think about that, like, as an adult, right? And you have kids now, you can begin to see things a little bit more rationally like yeah well being a mom is hard right mm-hmm. yes. whether or not you want the kids it's it's hard <laughs> <laughs> exactly. it's really hard and so you can you can begin to see that right and 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 but we can't let that take away from a five-year-old who doesn't get that at all right right and I think that's the little girl that you have to go back to and nurture and comfort and talk to and heal because she just keeps trying to heal or not heal, but fill this void in her life of having someone in her life that, you know, unconditionally loved her. You didn't feel unconditional love from your mom. Correct. I did not. Right. And you're trying to get that as an adult. But I guess the thing that vexes me is Mm -hmm. even though I know this, I consciously know this and I have for a while, I still find myself pretty much exclusively attracted to the same exact pattern. And that's because you haven't healed it. You haven't healed it. Hmm. I don't know how to do that. (laughs) So we, We can do that. We can do that together. Well, I can, we can start doing, I mean, it's not something you can do in like 20 minutes, but I can certainly the steps. Um, so, I mean, the first thing is awareness, right? And you've built that awareness. You've been in therapy, which is awesome. Um, and so part of it is just keep building the awareness, right? Because the more you can be aware of your actions and you don't want to get stuck in psychoanalyzing of like, well, I could talk about why I do this all day long, but I don't want you to just write off like, well, I, I, I know this pattern, but like, I can't do anything because it's huge, right? Like you, you can't heal what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know, right? And a right. lot of people go through their life never understanding or making these connections and you've done that. And so you've already done what a lot of people haven't done before. So kudos to you for that. So let's just acknowledge that because that's huge. Um, And we don't want to just write it off because otherwise (laughs) you're just going to treat your mom or you're going to treat yourself the way your mom treated you. Right. Yeah. Okay. So first, congratulations. You've built a lot of awareness. And then the second thing is, and this is, you know, where I start off all of my clients is inner, inner child work. And a lot of this is going to be going back to being the mom that you didn't have, but the mom you wished you had to your inner little girl. Okay. So tell me about your kids, especially when they were like, well, let me ask you this first. When you think about yourself 
um, you know, in this relationship with your mom and not feeling the love and like really wishing she was someone different. Like, I know this was obviously an ongoing thing, but when you just feel like, when you just feel into that, how old do you feel? Uh, probably three or four, you know, maybe not a toddler, but not, not a school kid either. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Okay. How old are your kids? You said high school, right? Yeah. They're 15. They're twins. Okay. Perfect. Can you remember them when they were three or four? Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So let's go ahead and close your eyes Mm -hmm. and, um, bring your kids into your mind's eye, age three or four. Mm Mm-hmm. And can you feel that love that you have for them? Yes. Where do you feel it? I just feel it all over, like very warm. And it makes, like, when you said that, I just smiled because mm-hmm. I, I just loved thinking about them at that age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, I don't know. It's just like, probably like in my upper body, head, you know, that, that area. Great. Great. So keep that feeling and just really sink into it. Like just kind of get into that zone. Really feel it and just let it radiate as much as you can, wherever it's feeling in your body. Mm -hmm. And then what I want you to do is replace the image of your kids from age three to four and instead put a picture, an image of you at that age and see and keep sending that love that motherly not just like love but like that motherly love that nurturing that mm-hmm. like I am responsible for keeping you alive type of feeling <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. raising you and not just like raising kids but like raising humans of our planet of our earth mm-hmm. what does that okay. feel like what comes up for you it's not that hard. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I can picture myself at that age and I don't, I, I can feel love for myself from that, you know, at that age, mm-hmm. at any age, but you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's a similar feeling like for my kids. Good. Good. That's perfect. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes it's a lot easier for my clients who are moms to be able to drop into this because they already have that access point. Cause they know what it feels like to have kids. Um, But this is part of it, right? Because your little three-year-old, four-year-old, your little girl inside of you, she feels a wound, right? Mm -hmm. She has a wound. Like she didn't get the love that she wanted from mom. She didn't have the mom that she wanted. And until that part is healed, she's going to keep looking for basically for that void to be filled. And so a lot of this work is to give yourself and show yourself on a, I mean, ideally like daily basis, not just like yourself, but your three or four year old self, that love and comfort that um, she didn't get so that she stops trying to get it from other people. Because here's the thing, like your mom wasn't the mom you wanted her to be, right? Like mm-hmm. there's no change in that. Facts are fact. And also it's the past. Can't change the past. Right. right. And you can't change who she is. So like, you're not close with her now. And like, it's fine. It doesn't really even matter that much in the long run, if at all. But what the only way to really fill that void is for you to fill it yourself. And so a lot of this is going to be, you know, doing a meditation like that. Like, even if you just do it for five minutes every day, like imagine your kids and then send that love to your three or four year old, but then also 
you know, writing your little girl, um, you know, a letter to yourself and, or a letter to her. And then what would she say back? Like, how is she thinking? How is she feeling? What's going on for her? And then consoling her from, you know, from that place and just letting that conversation go back and forth because there's just obviously some processing that still needs to happen. And the thing is, is that like, you're consciously aware of you attracting the men that you don't want to be attracting. Right. But like what 99 or some crazy percentage of our actions come from the unconscious mind. Right. Right. And, and who controls the unconscious mind? It's basically, it's basically the inner child. Oh, okay. Because, because the inner child is, well, when you were a child, you created beliefs about yourself, love, the world, you know, basically everything. And that's the way in which you see the world. And so your actions and your beliefs are just so ingrained that it's hard to see them as just not universally true or universal reality, whether or not it's actually real or not. Does that make sense? Yes. And so that is going to drive your unconscious because as much as possible, the brain wants to be operating in the unconscious. Because imagine if we had to consciously think about brushing our teeth every night like like a two-year-old has to do. Like it would be awful. Right. <laughs> we wouldn't we wouldn't be the humans and the creatures that we are today capable of doing a lot more than just, you know, keeping ourselves alive, right? We can do a lot more, mostly right. because the brain does so much at an unconscious level, which is great. But sometimes it can be a problem. <laughs> yeah. And this is where it's a problem. And so the more that you can really connect with and heal and nurture that little three or four year old the better because then your unconscious behavior is going to start shifting because her core beliefs are going to start shifting. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So with respect to the practical question of these gentlemen, or maybe I shouldn't even say that maybe that's too, (laughs) that's too nice Mm -hmm. Um, for these guys that I meet. Like, should I be running it by my inner child, so to speak, or should I just like, I guess at what point, how do I know when I'm acting unconsciously and when I'm really. So that's where awareness comes in. So that's a really good question. Thank you for asking. So that's a really good question. So a lot of times, I mean, I do this for myself and I tell my clients to do it is to stop yourself and ask yourself, how old am I acting right now? Right. Mm -hmm. And create a list, you know, like when you're at home, you know, you have half an hour. So create a list. Okay. Thinking about dating, thinking about meeting men and dating them and blah, blah, blah. What would my current day self do? What does my current day self believe, think, feel, all that kind of stuff? And just write a list. And then on the list, and then a column next to that, okay, what is my four year old self? What does she do? What does she believe? What does she think is true? And then just like literally have it written out on paper and then you can catch yourself like, okay, I'm acting like my three-year-old self or my four-year-old self here is calling the shots. And so then pause and then go back to, you know, and then you can pull out an action of like, okay, what would my current day self do? Or what would she believe instead? Or what would she feel instead? And so it, it can begin to be that simple, but I also want to tell you this, it sounds like you're dating a lot. And I know you said you've been single for 10 years, but it sounds like you're dating a lot. Like I you're am. still, like you still kind of have this older guy, not older, like in age, but like this guy that you were dating, but then also this new guy. 
for the date on Valentine's Day, right? Yeah. So it sounds like to me, if I were you, and again, you don't have to do anything I say, but if I were you, <laughs> I would take a complete dating hiatus. I've thought about that. Because it's, <laughs> what? I've thought about that. Because here's, here's why. The desire to get this void filled, it's very similar to just an addiction, right? Mm-hmm. Like addiction to anything. I mean, anything can be addictive, right? It's not just drugs or alcohol or anything. Of course. And, and so from my perspective, you doing this deeper work, especially this inner child work and really connecting with that little girl inside of you who didn't feel the love from mom, then it, it's kind of like, you're going to do that and you're going to date. It's kind of like telling an alcoholic who's like very early in the recovery to go hang out in a bar, but don't you dare drink a sip of beer. <laughs> like It just doesn't seem fair or, or like, or honestly, like you're setting, like they're not really setting themselves up for success. <laughs> yeah. And, and I just wonder, cause like you're constantly putting yourself through the ringer here and just throwing yourself back out there, hoping this time will be different. This time will be different. This time will be different. Well, it's never going to be different until you really take the time and give yourself the time and space to shift what's going on in your inner world. Okay. That's probably true. I, I do date way more than almost anyone I know. Yeah. And I'm 46 years old, so that's part of it. And, and that's another issue that could be a separate call um, because, you know, I feel like, well, I'm getting older. You know, I don't really, how much of a time do I have to take a date, dating hiatus? You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. I can tell you, I have clients. My youngest client that I've ever worked with is probably 24, 25. And my oldest client that I've worked with is, I think she's um, in her mid to upper sixties. Okay. Okay. Every single client that I've ever worked with thinks they're too old. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> okay. Well, good point. Right. Right. Yeah. And I also have a lot of clients who are in that 35 to 45 range who want kids. Right. Yeah. Are you desiring more least... kids? No. <laughs> okay. So then age literally doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's just no. a freaking number. And it's, you're, you're, you're how, I mean, yes. Okay, fine. There's a biological age, but you're really as old as you want to feel. True. And there are facts. And then there's what you believe, or there's, there, there are facts. Okay, fine. You're 46 years old. Can't change a fact, right? That's what your birth certificate says, but yeah, yeah. you can change what you tell yourself about it because whatever you tell yourself about it, you're just going to make it true. Right. True. So if you tell yourself no one at your age, you know, is looking for anything real or they all just want younger women or like whatever the story is. I don't know what the story is, but it doesn't matter. You can, you're going to make it true no matter what it is, if you want to believe it. And so it's just a choice to let it go. Okay. Fair enough. And I, I don't, I, I would love to see you give yourself six months. Ooh. Am I allowed to have sex during that time? Because that's a long time. <laughs> I guess not. Well, you could always, you know, self-pleasure. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I definitely, I, I respect your advice and I thought of it myself. So that probably is what I have to do. Yeah. I and guess. if six months seems just like insane to you and it just doesn't even feel like you can digest that, then okay, fine. Try 
three months, but give yourself some space. And also don't just give yourself some space to watch more Netflix and drink wine. Like actually, you know, (laughs) do this work, whether it's, you know, working with a therapist who understands inner child work, um, you know, doing the love action tribe, just doing something that actually allows you to do something different. Cause the other big mistake that I see with people make, taking breaks is that they take a break and they don't do anything during the break. And they think all they needed to do was take a break. Like, like, no, you need to work through this stuff. So do the inner child work, connect with your inner child, write her letters, have her write you letters back, like really, really connect with her and like raise her. Like she was your own child and, and like give her the mother and that motherly love that she never had. So that, she can finally fill that void because that's really the only way to do it. So she's not letting other, um, you know, people or trying to get other people to, to do that for her. You know, the next thing will be, and we don't really have time to go into this too much, but the next thing just to kind of see what else is out there is to eventually you're going to have to forgive your mom. And I don't mean like having a conversation and like actually literally saying, mom, I forgive you, but in a very soulful spiritual way, like letting her go. And, um, and maybe part of you has already done this. I don't know, but I think it's, um, forgiveness is really just for you and giving your power back. And the reason why I'm saying this is because you described where you felt that pain or that feeling of that when you're triggered by a man or when you feel that feeling with your mom and you described that area, um, your upper belly, which is, you know, right where your rib cage connects, right? So that's your, um, that's your solar plexus, which, which is the third chakra. And the third chakra is your, basically your, your power, like where your power sits. Right. And so what that's telling me is that someone else has your power. And that's why I think you feel it there, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you felt it somewhere else, like if you felt it in your throat, that would be more of like expression. Um, so if you felt it like more in your womb space, that would be more of like your creativity or or your feminine or your sexuality. And to me, that doesn't seem to be as stifled as your own personal power. And so forgiveness is really about giving your power back and say, mom, this is how you were. Like, um, I, you know, I, I thank you for teaching me these lessons. I'm, you know, sorry that blah, blah, blah happened. Um, I forgive you and I'm sending you love because, and it's just giving her, stuff back to her and not allowing the things that she did or didn't do said or didn't say create the thoughts and beliefs that you carry with you today that's what forgiveness is and I think that will give you your power back and that's why I always ask my clients like where in your body do you feel it because that can be really big information as to like what the key Mm -hmm. is that's so interesting yeah I have been trying to work on forgiving her and it's a lot better than it was. And I can even tell that she's like softening up a bit, Mm -hmm. but yeah. And remember forgiveness really has something to do with her. So if you want to have a conversation with her, if you want to work through this with her, that's fine. Just know it can be triggering because she may not be ready to have a conversation. (laughs) Yeah. And so forgiveness has nothing. I mean, like I would, if I were you, I would just write a letter to your mom and just use the prompts. Um, uh, I'm, I forgive you because, I thank you because I'm sorry because, and I love you because, and just use those four prompts. It comes from um, a prayer that's called Ho'oponopono, which is a forgiveness practice from the Hawaiian islands. And, um, and that's what, that's what I would do. But I think it's more powerful to do this once you've done some basic initial healing just with your inner child. Okay. So I would do this. Mm -hmm. All right. 
Well, that was really helpful. I feel Good. like I got some great information. <laughs> Good. Good. I'm, I'm glad. And, and keep me updated. Let me know how this goes for you. Okay. I will. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. As always, thank you so much to Gina for coming onto the show. I know I say it all the time, but it really takes a lot to really be open and be coached and be coachable and to look at some tough things, but then to do that publicly to allow hundreds and thousands of other women to listen in is just truly a courageous act. So thank you so much because so many women I know are going to benefit from this conversation. So here are some key takeaways that I want you to take from our coaching call together. And the first thing is that awareness is great. And I don't want you to belittle it or just say, well, I just have this awareness, but I can't implement it. So I suck, right? Because then you're just already shooting yourself in the foot and you're not going to be able to create the change that you want to create from that place. So celebrate it. One thing that I have my clients do is celebrate every small win. And I mean the tiniest of wins of tiny, (laughs) right? Like you got up 20 minutes earlier to do a five minute meditation awesome. And you spent the other 15 minutes on Instagram, but you did that five minute meditation. Awesome. Celebrate it. You know, applaud yourself, give yourself credit. You did something new. You did something different because over time, these tiny wins are going to build up and they're going to create big change in your life. You know, we don't just wake up one day and our life is radically changed, right? That doesn't really happen for the most part. What really happens is just small little incremental changes. And that what's, that's what creates the change. And ultimately that's going to change who you attract and the types of relationships that you attract into your life. And again, if you want to learn more about the five phases of personal development, head over to my episode, episode episode 110, where I talk about that. And you can kind of see where you are and what's missing or what you can do next in order to really create the transformation and the change that you're wanting to see in your life. And so again, I said this in the intro, but I'll say this, um, I'll say this here again, just to remind you that sometimes awareness is all you need. And it just depends what it is. Like if it's a belief or a pattern that you might've picked up a little bit later in life, awareness might be just the thing that you need to like, Oh, I'm doing that. That's crazy. And then you're going to change it. And that's great for those things. But a lot of times for things that go back to childhood and that are a very deep wound, especially as it relates to mom and dad, those wounds tend to be a lot deeper and they tend to be really helpful we see ourselves and the world and love and parenting and relationships and definitely romantic relationships. And so often awareness isn't, isn't the only thing. And, and so you have to do more and obviously what you're going to do is going to be different on the person. But I think that the best thing that you can do is inner child work because your brain wants to do things as mindlessly as possible. And so the only way to change that is you have to go back to the unconscious and you really have to work with the unconscious parts of you, bring them to conscious level, but you have to work with that part of you so that your actions can then begin to shift. Willing yourself into changing isn't going to really help and telling yourself next time it's going to be different isn't really going to help, but you really do have to shift the core beliefs and the prism in which you see the world so that then your actions begin to naturally, naturally shift. And the thing is, is that this takes time, right? There's going to be setbacks and there's going to be times where you feel like you're taking two steps forward and three steps back. And you know what? That's life. And the best you can do is be in pure and total acceptance, knowing that, okay, I'm being human right now. I'm taking a couple steps forward and I'm taking a few steps back, but at least overall you're moving forward. 
And that's a really, really good thing. A lot of healing from this work is just going to be how you relate to it and your mindset around it. And I also highly recommend not doing this alone. One, because I do think it's harder. And a lot of times you can't see your own blind spots. And also, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? Like there are lots of people out there who have resources and tools that you can use to work through these issues pretty quickly, right? This doesn't have to take a lot of time um, in order to really see some big transformation. I mean, obviously, the Love Action Tribe is a great resource to get tons of support that's affordable and that isn't overwhelming. But even if you don't do the tribe, please, for the love of all things holy, do the inner child work. It will change your life. And as you're doing this work, like I recommended to Gina, I really recommend taking a step back from the thing that's triggering you. So if it's dating, I really recommend taking a step back from dating. Age is a number. Time doesn't have to be linear, right? And and notice that if it's really hard for you to take one month, two months, three months off from dating, ask yourself why? What is that really about? And at that point, I would wonder, is dating really just a way for you to hide from something else, right? Yes, I get there might be the pressure of time or your age and blah, 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 things society says about that. But I would also argue that there's also probably something else going on. And obviously, we didn't have that time to go into um, that with with Gina. But I would also guess that there was just there was something else. It wasn't just the pressure of her age, being at 46 years young, but there was something else that um, was create, creating that desire to just always be dating, always be meeting other people. And it's just a coping mechanism to hide from something that, you know, she might be avoiding or not wanting to feel in her life. And I recommend taking this step back because like I said to Gina, it's just really hard to work through some of these core wounds and these triggering things when you're constantly making yourself triggered. It's just sometimes I do believe that we have to get triggered in order to grow. I don't believe in taking a dating hiatus forever. And I have worked with clients that went too far and, you know, just turned totally celibate and didn't date at all for years. And that could be what they need, but also it could just turn into hiding. And sometimes we do need to get bumped up against our edge and get triggered a little bit to know, okay, this isn't feeling comfortable. Let me dig into this and see what's going on, right? So it's not that we want to live our life avoiding being triggered, but when we're just beginning to do this work, taking a step back, I think is a really, really good idea. And whether or not you should take a step back or not, obviously that's a personal decision. And I can't say definitively you definitely should or definitely shouldn't or give you like a checklist because it's, and it is a very intuitive personal decision. I do think in Gina's case, it'd be a very, very good idea to, to do that, but to each their own. And then finally, you'll notice that I asked, you know, where in the body she felt it when she was feeling triggered by these men. And it's not surprising that she felt the same thing in her body when it came to the relationship with her mom. And knowing where you're feeling something in your body can be a huge clue to A, what needs to be healed, but then also the healing path to move forward. And maybe it's not a feeling like how it was showing up for Gina, where it was very much showing up in the energetic body in the chakra system, but it might actually be showing up even in a more physical way. So maybe you're always getting headaches. Maybe you're always losing your voice. You're getting a cold, or maybe you have IBS or other digestive issues, or maybe you just have a twitch that won't go away. I don't know, or like a cramp or a soreness or 
an achy joint. I mean, it can be anything. I really believe that our issues live in the tissues. So keep an eye out for any unusual pains or sensations or consistent illnesses or sicknesses that you find yourself in, because I really believe that that can be a clue. So one is just getting to know the energetic bodies that can help you to put some of those pieces together. And another thing you can do is, you know, one of my favorite writers and thinkers, she's no longer with us, though, is is Louise Hay. And she has a whole list of like hundreds of symptoms that you can look up. And then she says what the emotional you know, meaning behind it is. And I would look it up. I'll put the link to it in the show notes. And I would just look at that and see if what she says resonates. And if it does, that might be a clue as to, you know, what you can do to help to integrate, implement the changes that you want to make. So you actually see the changes that you want to have in your life. All right, my dears, that is all I have for you today. So thank you so much for tuning in and remember to join us in the Love Action Tribe. I believe the tribe will be closing um, tomorrow, you know, when this recording is dropped. So please act quickly. And if the tribe is closed and you're interested, make sure you join the waitlist. So you'll be the first to know the next time the tribe opens. And I will see you next week with an all new guest expert show. And we're talking about quitting because, you know, quit happens. And I love puns. And so when I saw that, I had I knew I had to have this new expert onto the show. So you're going to love this episode. And I can't wait to share it with you. And I will talk to you then. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember, Remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.